Hey everyone, this is Jeremy from the Malaysian Social Project. This is a podcast that we've extracted from our conversation with Vincent Chin not too long ago. We'll be mainly talking about career on different levels and how the youth should take charge of their career early on. I'd highly recommend for you to listen to this podcast if you want to know how to start thinking about your career. We really hope that you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, good morning, everyone. I think both at BCG and at the Malaysian Social Project, our shared purpose is really to develop the best and brightest and help you make the most positive impact in the world. So it is my honor to introduce you to our speaker for this morning, Mr. Vincent Chin. He is the global leader of BCG's public sector practice. He works with top leaders across the world in government, solving the most pertinent national and international issues, you know, things such as COVID recovery and economic growth. He's a trusted advisor and is in regular conversation with ministers around the world, including recently ones in Malaysia and in uh, Singapore. Vincent was previously the head of BCG Southeast Asia and the Malaysia office, where he doubled the team size and tripled the business. Prior to BCG, he also consulted for Anderson Consulting, uh, now known as Accenture, and also worked for Singapore Airlines. But seeing where Vincent is today, you might not believe that not too long ago, he was really just in your shoes. A young graduate from the NUS, an aspiring youth looking for a decent job, and a dreamer eager to make an impact to the world. We are here today to get a glimpse into Vincent's story and how he thinks youths like you can make it too. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Vincent Chen. Hello everyone. Good morning. Um, there are so many of you here today that I feel that such a great, such a great responsibility. You know, the ability to shape, you know, over 150 minds. Uh, it's too good an opportunity to pass out. So Jeremy, I'm gladly taking this opportunity. Um, but because there are so many of you here, I have to be really careful what I say so that, you know, you all come away feeling duly inspired to do better for your country. So I have to prepare this well, and I read through the speeches of uh, global leaders like Lincoln, Churchill, Gandhi, Deng Xiaoping, Li Guanyao, and Mandela. I wanted to draw inspiration from their wise words. And I must say that I did draw great comfort in what they have said. Because after all the research, frankly, I cannot remember what they said. And uh, so I feel really liberated, therefore, of the burden of responsibility that anything I say here will be remembered. And uh, there's probably not so much of a choice that I would inadvertently turn you away from a distinguished career in management, in the sciences, or in the arts to become an activist for the betterment of your country and your fellow citizens and the world. But for those of you who are still keen to listen to what I have to say, please stay on. I will share three words with you as a start. L S C. In BCG, this is an acronym and it stands for large scale change. And I think it's really apt because what I am about to share may well help you bring about large scale change in your own life and in the life of others. So let me start. Nat King Cole first sang this song in 1965, just a couple of years before I was born. L is for love, he cruised. 
And here's my first advice to all of you. Love what you do. I want to be really clear here. I'm not saying do what you love. The truth in life is that not all of us are going to be so fortunate to have your passion and your profession intersect. But in fact, very few of you ever will have that intersection. So doing what you love, you know, you may end up not, not really finding that. But you will all have work, that's for sure. And work is going to be a big part of your life. In fact, at least a third of your time on this planet and maybe more. And the only way to be truly satisfied in this large part of your life is to know that you are doing great work. And the only way for you to do great work is to love what you do. Because you, if you feel that the work that you do represents your brand, not so much even the brand of the company, whatever job you're doing, whatever piece of work you're doing, it represents your brand. And when you submit that piece of work, it carries your name, right? And your logo, invisible as it is, right? So that's how you get to doing great work because you understand that the work that you're doing carries your imprint. And if you don't yet love it, if you can't bring yourself to doing great work, I would suggest you keep looking. Very importantly, please don't settle. Since you're talking about love, as with all matters of the heart, you know it when you find it. Don't settle. Since I started mentioning Nat King Cole, I might as well st stick with this theme of music. The Beatles are my favorite all-time band. And in fact, for those of you who are searching about me, I've already am LinkedIn friends with some of you. Or LinkedIn connection with some of you. I think you don't call them friends on LinkedIn. Um, I had used one of their songs, Can Buy Me Love, to open a TED talk I delivered eight years ago. But I don't agree with all John Lennon's beliefs. I, I agree with a lot of that, but not all of it. And one that I don't really believe in, for example, is this notion that all you need is love. So this leads me to my second strategy. My second advice, S. S is for strategy. You may love what you do, but that is certainly not all you need. It is necessary, but insufficient. You cannot just have a passion for change. You need a strategy. I repeat that. I want you to have a passion, but you have to have a strategy in your life. Every business, every company, every government, every social sector organization has a strategy. If you want to take charge of a career, you need to have a strategy. So as a BCGer, we all know that word intimately. Strategy is about a clear plan, a clear set of instructions of what you can do to achieve a certain aspirational goal. And what you do is really on three fronts how to influence hates, meaning minds, how to convert hearts so that people get along with the journey, and how to guide hands so people know what to do. Strategy is also a clear plan of what not to do. And the best part about strategy is that it is future-oriented. Very often, a strategic outcome is not set in the immediate, but it is often set three, 
five, maybe even 10 years out. And the beauty of that is even if you stumble today, if you stumble tomorrow, if you stumble next week, next month, next quarter, or even next year, your strategy is still intact because it's a five-year, 10-year strategy. So pick yourself up, look at the plan, know what to do, know what not to do as well. Priority and focus is important. And then keep going with head, heart, and hands. Mobilize and energize, all working together. Now that's, that's my second point. The astute listener amongst you may already be able to guess maybe what my third advice is going to be. I talk about love. I talk about strategy. The letter C in LSC, in my mind, stands for courage. I graduated 31 years ago from the National University of Singapore with a comm science degree. So for those of you who are calculating very quickly, that's 1990, right? So well in the 20th century, right? It's, it's, it's even 10 years before we got to the 21st century. And you, know, you might think that I could have well been the Bill Gates or Steve Jobs of Asia. But herein lies my third lesson. I did not. In fact, I nearly failed and I had to retake some papers in university. Funnily enough, failure is such a great teacher. And in fact, I want to say that if you have never failed, you may not succeed. Let me repeat that. If you have never failed, you may not succeed. Because failure does this to you. Failure sets you free. You see, I was a good student. In, I came from Malacca. So in Malacca High School, I often came in top three of my form. I aced the national exams, you know, SRP, SPM. Some of you don't understand this because I think now, now you have slightly different uh, exam, exam formats now. Um, but I always came out straight A's. I was a leader of my scout troop. I took them overseas. I won a scholarship to Singapore. In fact, I had set my own sights so high that I became afraid of failing. And I almost stopped trying. See, I was in a big city. Okay, Singapore is not that big a city, but it was bigger than Malacca. I was enjoying living independently. I was playing in a rock band. I was writing and staging musical. I was having fun and enjoying myself, also afraid of doing badly. So I said, myself, don't do. And naturally, I didn't do well in my undergraduate studies. And I, I couldn't land a number of plum jobs that a lot of my fellow friends and classmates were going for, specifically in finance and in oil and gas. In, 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 as I was graduating then, there was no such thing as management consulting, or at least I didn't understand that. And, and you know, it was you, you either work for the big oil companies or you work for the big finance companies. Uh, I got neither. I was lucky that Singapore Airlines, by the way, a good company, uh, saw the potential beyond my grades. And I joined them as a management trainee. Uh, they tested me out. They sent me as a relief manager to Japan. And then I was the assistant manager in Thailand. And then I became their manager in Vietnam. And then finally in Switzerland. And I rose quickly through the ranks in SQ because I vowed never to fear failure again. Right? Because I failed really well. So, didn't kill me. And 
but I learned, I learned from that failure. So I question the way things are done, even in a company as good as SIA. And I wanted to make it better. I changed processes. I even reimagined the services that a handling agent, you know, like a check-in agent, uh, will do, and I managed them accordingly. And most crucially, when I was in SQ, I was between the ages, I think, of 23 to 29. Um, I took on the hardest challenge of all. I re-energized the workforce. In this case, the ground services staff in the overseas station, in Thailand, in Japan, in Switzerland. And some of these veterans are two to three years, two to three times my age. But you see, failure sets you free. Once you have failed, you don't fear it. And when you fail and you hit, when you fail and you fail really hard and you hit rock bottom, and I, a number of you here will have never experienced it. Some of you may have, but you may not have reached it yet. But there will come a point in your life, in your career, that you feel that you have hit rock bottom. Make sure that you make that a solid foundation because you can't go any lower than that and you will bounce back. So, therefore, it's not the words of Lincoln, Gandhi, Lee Kuan Yew or Mandela that I want you to draw inspiration from. It is from J.K. Rowling, and I know that a number of you here must have grown up reading her Harry Potter books. Did you know that a mere seven years after her graduation, she had failed on an epic scale? Epic. An exceptionally short-lived marriage with the wrong man had imploded. She was jobless. She was a single parent. And she was as poor as it is possible to be in modern society. And you know what she did next? She had a daughter that she loved with all her might. And she was an English graduate. So she had a typewriter. She was telling her stories to her daughter. She was the Harry Potter stories were first told to her daughter. And you know what happened next. And I quote from her, the knowledge that you have emerged wiser and stronger from setbacks means that you are ever after secure in your ability to survive. You will never truly know yourself until you have been tested by adversity. And such knowledge is a true gift for all of that will be painfully worn. And that has been worth more than any qualification I've ever earned. So there you have it. Love, strategy, courage, LSE. Love what you do, whatever it is. Have a big strategy, as big as you can imagine it. And don't let yourself be waylaid by little pitfalls on the way there. And above all, above all, have the courage to make rock bottom your solid foundation, to rebuild and relaunch your career and your life bigger than better than ever before. Large scale change. In the next section, this is where we will ask some questions to Vincent and he will give us some of his thoughts on the questions that we have for him. I said, love what you do. 
love what you do. Yeah, right. So that is the first point, Jeremy, that I, I want to just make. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's this misunderstanding that people have. It is not do what you love, it's love what you do. Because very few people uh, are able to really, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I guess there are, there are some people who say, look, I'm, I'm going to be a footballer. Right? I'm going to be Roberto Baggio. Right? And you happen to have the talent of Roberto Baggio and people will call you the divine ponytail and you will play in the World Cup and you will be the great hope of Italy. Okay, maybe you, you might miss the last penalty kick that lose you the World Cup. Never mind, but you are Roberto Baggio and you, yeah. But very few people get to live their life that way. Right? So whatever you land in, if you can somehow bring yourself to love what you do, you will make something of it. But if you try and try, don't, don't hit yourself to the point that, you know, don't, don't be obtuse about things, right? So, you know, if all matters of the heart, as I said, because if you are talking about love, right? You, you will know that it doesn't fit, right? Yeah, you, you just can't, right? And then, and then you move on, right? But you, you probably know the story of the, the janitor in NASA. Mm, yeah. There was this group of school kids that, went around and then they, they saw this janitor, this old man, you know, sweeping the grounds and one kid said, so what are you doing here? And, and he told the kid, I am sending people to the moon. And the kid said, uh, you sending somebody to the moon, right? And he says, yeah, because if I don't keep the toilets clean, the engineers will not be, you know, in a good state of mind. They might do wrong calculations and the rocket may never land in the moon, right? So that's an example of love what you do. You can be even a janitor, but if you take pride in your work and you understand your role in that cog, in that, in the, in the, your role as a cog in a machine and without you as the cog, it won't work. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you need to understand that your, your, your role, your role carries a brand, right? So even this janitor, He's probably performing better than other janitors, right? So, so he might one day be a hit janitor. So, so, so to speak, yeah. How do you know when you should actually move on from your current job to the next one? Because you mentioned that you know you always have a strategy, right? But how do you actually know that okay, this is not the type of job, or this is I should move on from this job and actually go on to the next next phase of my life? How would you actually how would you go about thinking about that? Think about that. So there are, there are a few BCG colleagues in, 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 this, uh, in this forum. So what I say might shock them, or maybe not. Uh, I, often, I often just speak my mind anyway. Uh, so Jeremy, first and foremost, um, I never stop looking for a new job. Mm. Never stop looking for a new job. And okay, first of all, BCG offered me a lot of exciting opportunities within my current employment, right? So, so you heard Louis say, you know, I, I was head of Malaysia, then I became head of Southeast Asia, and then I became uh, the leader for the public sector practice. So I found all these opportunities, but you know, whenever the headhunters came calling, okay, I did not proactively look at MSA, right? But whenever the headhunters came calling and presented themselves to me, uh, I would say a fair number of times I pick up the call, right? And here's the, here's the wonderful thing. If you found the other opportunity more exciting, you know, I think I might have left. Yeah. But uh, I didn't. I didn't, right? And, and I, I found that the opportunity I had now was good. And so, you know, it, 
funnily enough, the 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 engaging the engagement with uh, ex, a potential employer, right, allowed me to rethink the relationship I have with my current employer, right, and and since I didn't go and join the other employer, um, it recommitted me. <laughs> to this current employer and it strengthened my relationship. So in a, in a very funny way, so, so there's a certain wisdom about that and, and it goes back to the first thing I said, which is never settle, right? Never settle. If you can get better, get better. But once you are in a good place, then 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 let's not, let's not go keep looking. Yeah. But once you're in a bad place, get out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you know? I think you know. I think how you will know. Yeah. But don't artificially lock yourself down. I think just to follow up on that question as well, right? Like, uh, what are some of the things that currently all the youths here, right, uh, should be looking for? I think you know your your people usually ask usually ask uh, oh, the the other job pays me a lot better, or the other job looks more exciting. But what what are some of the important factors that you think we should prioritize, right, when we are considering about like our career growth? Oh. Well, it's, it's, it's such a diverse group here. Some of you work for money, some of you work for other purposes, right? Uh, it, may, it may also have to do with your, the, your economic situation as a start, right? So I, I, if, if you work for money, um, then uh, I would say this. Um, if you work for money, then I would say understand future value projections very well. Okay, so here's what I mean. So you guys are all mathematically inclined, I hope, or at least financially inclined, right? So you, let me see. So you have y-axis, money earned, and x-axis, time, right? And this time is 30 years, which is your, your working lifespan, right? And then the, the buy in the middle is basically tracking your, your uh, earning capacity. There are some companies that you join and they pay you very good salary at the start. So your starting point is high, right? Uh, but then their salary increment tends to taper off. Yeah, right? Uh, and then there are some companies where you join low, uh, but then the, the payoff is high, right? Uh, and then there are some companies where you start off even negative startups. <laughs> so for those of you here, who are here start up, you, you start negative, but then the payoff can be spectacular, right? And then... Look, the, 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 when I say you calculate future value, it's basically you should be calculating not the starting point of your curve because all of you are at the start of your career, but the area under the line. And then you can maybe assign some probability to the area, right? So if you're in, if I think about money, I think long-term. Think long-term, don't think short-term, which is a little bit to my point on strategy. Right? I told you all about, you know, have a strategy, right? Um, so, you know, if you have a strategy and you kind of know how more or less how you're going to get there, right, that line becomes much clearer. Yeah. So, you know, for people here who are in BCG and if they can see that, okay, I can be a managing director and partner in 10 years time. They kind of know where that line is and then they kind of know also what they need to do to get into managing director. partner. Finally, for you to get promoted and get promoted at a fast clip, you know, the answer to that is quite simple. It's start behaving and acting and performing like the next level. Because if yeah. you do perform at the next level, even though you are the lower level, you are almost guaranteeing yourself, you are showing your employer that you can perform at the next level. So the promotion becomes fait accompli. Yeah. And then that's how you... you, you right? So that is if you are going after money. 
if you are going after some other uh, some other objective, you know, some people love working in companies where they have their friends. Some people love working in companies where it fulfills their purpose. That's fine. I mean, you just keep looking and find, and once you find a, a, a place like that, you, you know, you'll find fulfillment there. I think one question from, from me, myself, that I'm really curious, right? And also, this is also something, something some, some of the questions that was asked constantly in the, in the, in the registration form, right? It's, you know, having been as an, you're not only the expert of like being a global leader of uh, PCG's public sector practice, right? And you also rose through the ranks and actually acquired a wealth of like knowledge, right? But I'm just curious, like, as a lot of people say, right? You know, you have to be constantly learning to actually upskill yourself, and actually, you know, like you mentioned, so if you want to get to the next role, you should actually act like that, like one already, right? So I just want to know, like, how do you learn? Like, what, what, how do you actually approach learning, right? Uh, and what advice would you give someone who is not only a beginner, and also I would also someone who is an expert, right? Who also constantly needs to upskill himself. Yeah. I, I don't know whether uh, you're familiar with the concept of growth mindset. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Right, right. So uh, uh, a know-it-all versus a learn-it-all. Although my daughter thinks I'm, I'm a know-it-all. <laughs> uh, but, but actually, it's a, it's a learn-it-all mindset, right? It's a learn-it-all mindset. And, and you know, I, I can tell I, one of the, uh, one of my favorite TV shows uh, is, um, one of my favorite channels is actually History Channel. And then the other favorite channel is actually D-Max. Uh, it's a car, it's a car, um, car channel uh, and you imagine that yeah you you watch history channel all those documentaries right, about wars and about about you know lives of biopics of uh, of great people that you learn a lot from there right and if you're watching the car car channel right about you know car sharks about garages and about you know yeah. custom design what what do you learn right but actually i find myself learning as much from the car show that I watch than as I watch on History Channel, right? And what do I learn about the, the that I learn from the car show? So I, I, uh, I like classic cars. I like classic cars, right? Um, and I have, I, have, I have a number of classic cars myself. Uh, and for those of you who are familiar with old cars, if you've seen your parents or even if you yourself have driven one, um, maybe three times out of 10, they can't start. And, and, and the seven times that you get them on the road, you know, two times they will die when you are on the road, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's a, but, and then, you know, when, do you know when it's going to die, when it's going to start? You don't know, right? But um, there are, over the years, with my cars, flawed as they are, right? Can start, cannot start. You kind of learn that uh, there are certain things that I need to do to get them going, right? So, you know, the best way, um, so some of my old cars is I, I need to like pump the accelerator pedal three times and, and not four times and not two times. It's exactly three times. And then I have to turn the ignition key exactly, you know, 96 degrees and, and hold it there. And that's when it will crank and it will start, right? So those little things actually make that your relationship with, even with an inanimate object special and unique, right? Now, why am I saying this? It's, you know, you learn all this watching the car shows, you know, they, they explain this to you and then you take that lesson and then you apply that to your life, 
to your career, to your relationships. And then you realize that, yeah, even things that are flawed can be very special, right? Because only you know how to study. And in this next section, this is where some of the participants of the event would ask some of their questions to Vincent Chin. Hope you enjoy it. I'm a young consultant at one of the management consulting companies. So I've been working at that company for one year and I think six months. And then during this term, I feel like I am very confident to take one, one of the ownership of the deliverable, to take ownership on one of the deliverables. And yeah, you know, there are a lot of deliverables and I feel confident to actually do that. However, the thing that stopped me from asking my project manager and I actually take ownership of one of those deliverables is I feel worried and also anxious if I don't actually deliver uh, the way that it was expected because it not only involves the internal team, but also you also have to deliver it uh, the way that the, cli the client actually expected it. Even though I have, I have never actually like, if, there, there's nothing to be worried about. It's just something that, you know, when you want to take uh, one of the ownership, you feel worried, you feel anxious. And then even though you feel confident that you can actually do it. So uh, what is your uh, advice on that? Wow, now first of all, very specific question. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad getting questions like this. I, I want to first uh, congratulate you for wanting to take on. Uh, responsibilities beyond your beyond your years, which I think align to my first statement, which is, you know, behave like the next level and you become the next level. Uh, but I also understand, of course, the organization may have their reservations, right? So understand the system. Sometimes you can't just break the system because you want to break the system, right? There is a system and it works for a certain reason, right? Yeah. So one way is to understand uh, in your case, who is the, I guess you are the junior consultant, there may be a senior consultant who is in charge of that module, right? So rather than going to your project program manager and say, I want to be fully in charge of that, go to the senior consultant who's, who has been assigned to that, right? And say, let's say it's Miss Y, right? Yeah, Miss Y, why don't you just let me do this for you? So on paper, it's still her, but in fact, de facto, it's you, right? And, you know, in a way, you prove yourself to her and you prove it to yourself, right? And, you know, you can let that known to your project manager when the evaluation time comes. Yeah. Um, and since your company is concerned about, you know, have you got the experience to really deliver, right? And I wouldn't put it, uh, I'll put it bluntly that, you know, there may be a chance that you will fail, but that's good. That's okay too, right? Failure is a great teacher, as I say, right? And, and have, by having a senior consultant uh, guiding you, Right? You also minimize or you learn the, the opportunity, you learn from the opportunities that you have. Yeah. So I would say find the system, understand the system, work within it, right? And then yeah, can but you can still you can still achieve your goal of actually taking responsibility to deliver if you talk to your senior consultant. If I was your senior consultant, uh Naufa, I'm I would be very happy to give away work. Um, so my question for you, um, it's actually a more general one, less career focused, but what advice would you have for someone who wants to change fields, right? Like how you studied BSc in information systems and then ended up in management consulting. So what advice do you have on that aspect? Okay. So this notion 
uh, ritual of changing fields is alien to me. I never thought I changed fields. Okay, I never thought I changed fields because uh, I studied computer science. Yeah, but I, can't, I studied computer science because I did badly in A levels. I didn't get into law, <laughs> and then you know it's like at the time you know when you. You know, when you don't want your to be a burden to your parents, you pick the course that you are certainly going to uh, get a job, right? But even then, I didn't feel I changed fields because really, university, whatever you're doing in Monash now, is just training of the mind. And when your mind is trained, you can do whatever, right? Um, you can do whatever you want to do. So I, I, you know, so, you know, and the, the, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a computer scientist, you know, amongst my consulting ranks, I've, I've got lawyers, I've got uh, engineers, I've got economists, right? And actually, none of that degree uh, actually, actually could predict who was going to be the most successful consultant. Yeah, right? Yes, you, you can say that, okay, engineers probably they have system thinking and they are more detailed and all that. And, 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 and um, the, 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 the economies are better at modeling and at pattern recognition. Uh, the, the liberal arts students are more creative and all that, right? But actually, truth be told, you need a little bit of everything to succeed, right? Um, and and if, if you, again, back to my... 10-year vision strategy thing, right? If you pat yourself at that level, you are not changing things. So if you think about, uh, Rachel, about a, a, a CEO, right? A, 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 nowadays, the path to a CEO in a good company that practices succession planning. You know, the CEO may start as a management trainee, then the CEO or the CEO-to-be, right, will be identified as a high potential. Then that, CEO, that that person may spend some time in HR, sometimes in operations, sometimes in marketing, sometimes in sales, then they go to the next right. So they get that breadth of experience. Yeah. Right. So the important thing is it, it, it's to more as you are developing in your career and the chances that you're you're given, right? As you do as, as you are assigned this job, love what you do. <laughs> yeah. Just do it well. Yeah, and do it to the next level. Yeah. Question to you is that what is that one quality that you have that helped you differentiate from others that you know that you up the ranks? One quality, just one. Share with me, please. And and I'm supposed to give that answer without sounding immodest. <laughs> okay. So no holes, no holes, but yeah. Uh, I think it's conviction. Okay. Uh, and I, 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 even, even I think in, in this conversation uh, with 167 of you, um, you probably can sense that I am optimistic, I'm confident, I am courageous, Right, and I have a mindset that is anchored on a better future. Right, the but if you want to distill it into one word, I think the fuel that drives me is my conviction that I believe I can get there. Right, 
So, so you all know this, right? Talent and personality. Uh, and even I will throw in loops, right? Has never inoculated anyone against failure. Repeat, uh, talent, personality, loops have never inoculated once against failure. Yes. The only thing that you can inoculate yourself against failures now and, and now with vaccine being the talk in town, right? The only way you can prevent yourself from getting seriously sick from COVID is to get a vaccine, right? Yeah, nothing else will do that, right? The fact that you are a sportsman, the fact that you are super fit, the fact that your BMI is at the perfect range, the fact that you've never been sick before, none of that will inoculate you against COVID except the vaccine. So similarly, I think the one thing that stands out for me is that I have this serious level of conviction that uh, the future that I imagine for myself, for my client, for my company um, will come true. And how do I do that then? Um, Edward, it's, let's say, I think you heard Louis say that I tripled the business in the jobs I had. So in the five years I was in Southeast Asia, I tripled the size of BCG in Southeast Asia. I took over, I've been now the leader of the public sector practice, and in five years I tripled the business as well, right? So this triple goal is something of my, my signature move. But see, when you set a target like that, a vision like that, you ask yourself, like, I'm here today and I want to be there, right? Then you ask yourself, what moves do I need to make in order to get there. So you need to have do big moves. You can't do incremental moves. So the problem with a lot of planning uh, is people look at where they are today and say, okay, I grow 5%. Then the following year, I go 10%. But that kind of incremental planning, which is based on the constraints that you see today that you're operating in, will never get you there. But if you say, I want to triple my business in five years' time, you suddenly say, okay, but there are these other constraints in place. So you then begin to have initiatives that will strip away those constraints and you can get there. But you need that conviction, you need to persuade your fellow colleagues that that is a journey worth taking. In BCG public sector, we call it a moonshot, back to the NASA janitor story, right? So we are all going on a moonshot together. And by the way, in BCG, we are, we've reached our moonshot. Now, actually, interestingly, we are not going to Mars, we are taking an Earth shot. And why are we taking an earth shot? Because I think governments around the world need to recognize that the world is in crisis. There's too much stakeholder capitalism, not enough, eh, too much shareholder capitalism, not enough stakeholder capitalism. The climate crisis is real. The inequality crisis is real. The diversity crisis is real. And that's why we are coming back in an earth shot to save. Thank you. If you made it this far to the podcast we really want to say thank you so much for actually listening to the whole thing and if you want to know more about the malaysian social project feel free to visit us on our linkedin instagram facebook and also our website thank you so much